What is up, DGAFers? Well, this is the podcast uh, recording that's been long overdue. Long <laughs> overdue. Eight weeks overdue, to be exact. I feel like, I know you like don't think it's been that long, but for me, I feel like you gave birth a year ago. <laughs> I kind of feel like that, too. It's weird. It's like, I feel like I did, but I also feel like we just had her at the same yeah, time. It's Yes. I don't know. It's really just a mind fuck, too. It me, is. Honestly. Yeah. Because every day feels like the same. Right, Jay. This is the day that, that never ends. <laughs> I was singing that the other day. I was singing, this is the job that never oh, ends. ain't that the truth. <laughs> Whew. I'm only eight weeks into motherhood and I already feel that. Yes. It yes. just never ends. Anyway, so we are, um, Jenna's sharing her birth story uh, during this episode. So she uh, just gives you all the juicy details. All the details. Yep. So if you missed it, we shared Lauren's story. I don't in like know. October. Yeah. Back in the day. So you can search back in the day. I don't even know what podcast number. I don't know, to be <laughs> honest with you, but you can search it and it'll come up. Um, and now we're sharing mine. Stories are a lot different though, which I think is cool. And that's why we decided to do this because she had a C-section with her second kid and I did an unmedicated birth with my first kid. Yep. So Totally different experience. And we were even talking about, um, so obviously Jenna's going to give you the whole rundown from when she thought she was in labor, water breaking, all the things. Um, but then we also wanted to, at the end, we were talking about maybe doing um, like a postpartum, you know, what happened when we got home yes. situation deal. What happens when you have a C-section when you get home? What happens when you have a tear and an unmedicated birth when you get home? Like, what to expect because I really wish I would have listened to something like that, especially before my first kid, just so I would have been a little more prepared yeah. for the postpartum. Like birth is hard. Don't yeah. get me wrong. But that kid's coming no matter what. It's coming out. That has to happen. And it sucks, you know, but you'll figure it out and you do what you got to do to get right. the kid here. And right. that's the one thing. I mean, yes, my, my goal throughout my entire pregnancy. And, and I did all the things to, to be able to do this unmedicated. And I'm so glad that I was able to do that. But at the end of the day, I kept telling all the doctors, like, get her here healthy. I don't care what you have to do. If I need a C-section, do it. Like, just get her here healthy. Right. And that was my mindset going into it. So like, yeah, that baby's coming one way or another. It is. And, and I always thought birth was going to be the hardest part because it's painful and you know, who knows what's going to happen. Yeah. No, no, it isn't. A postpartum is 8,000 times harder because A, you don't know what to expect because every baby's different. Yeah. Every mom's different. Every healing process is different. Emotionally, everybody deals with things differently. And so I think it'll be nice for us to share an episode like that. I do too. And I think honestly, like the whole birth experience, I think for me was I don't want to say easier, but I, at the same time, I think it was easier because I had so many people that I was having open conversations with about it. And it was like, like my, my experience going into it, I was like, don't sugarcoat it. Like, tell me, tell me it like it is. What do I need to expect? What do I need to prepare for mentally? Like what, tell me everything about your story, about what you went through. And so that's why we wanted to share our stories too, because it's like, the more, you know, the more you're like not blindsided when things don't go as planned or, or something comes up and you're like, wait, I wasn't expecting that. And yeah, yeah. So. so there's some gory details in, in this. Um, but I think especially if you especially if you've had a baby before, I feel like every mom enjoys a birth story. Yeah. Um, and if you haven't, 
I, I don't know if you're like Jenna and you want to know the details before going into things, um, listen to this episode. And if you, you know, are going to have a C-section for whatever reason, and you don't know what that's going to be like, you can listen to mine and yep. that way you'll be a little more informed. Yeah. And at the end of the day, we are both here and we are doing well. Our babies are doing great. She's 16 weeks postpartum. I'm eight weeks postpartum. Like picking up work next week, like back, back in the game. So maybe getting ourselves ready. Maybe. I don't know. We'll see. I don't know. That that, we'll see. (laughs) Maybe when we start client calls again, (laughs) time will tell. (laughs) We'll see. We don't know. All right. Let's do Do this. Welcome to the Demand Growth Act Fearlessly podcast brought to you by Lauren Mayer and Jenna Lockhart. You guys, we are just two average girls who realized that the only way to truly live an exceptional life was to fight through our fears and never give up on our dreams. So when you hang with us, you're going to hear it all. The good, the bad, the the ugly, and everything in between. As our loyal listeners, you're going to be known as a DGAFer, like don't give a or get it. <laughs> oh, but really, we want you to think about this because you're one of two types. You're either a DGAFer who doesn't realize the importance of living a life of growth or change, or you're a DGAFer who doesn't give a bloop what it takes to reach your goals. Our hope is that we can turn you into the latter if you're not already there. All right, we are here live finally. I feel like these babies have literally taken over our entire life. I feel like they have too. I mean, that's usually what happens. Yes. But. Yeah. So let's start with you know, you're saying we're here live. How many weeks postpartum are you? I don't know how many weeks. I don't even remember anymore. I am almost four months postpartum. <laughs> I feel like I have no idea. Maybe six. You're 16, 16, actually. Yeah. The only reason I know that is because I'm eight. Yes. So, so we weeks. just add eight to mine. Yeah. And that's you. Yeah. Okay. So I'm 16 weeks postpartum. Jenna is eight. She just told you. And we did my birth story. Of, I don't remember when, a while back. Yeah. And so now we're going to do Jenna's. Yeah. Nave's sleeping in Kip's room right now. I know. And I am currently feeding Kip. So if you hear him, it just is what it is. It, yeah, it is what it is. We've said from the beginning, like, we're not going to edit podcasts. We're not going to make this perfect. It's real life. And it is what it is. So, yes. and I will say, I'm actually really proud of myself today because this is the first time that I have driven all the way to your house with all of my stuff and yep. my baby, and she is sleeping in Kip's crib and doing great. Yeah, everything's going well. It's nice to go to somebody's house who has a baby because they have all the shit. I know, it's wonderful. I had to bring like two things yeah. compared to going compared anywhere to else. You went somewhere else. Not that I go anywhere, <laughs> but yes. <laughs> all right, I'm going to kind of turn it over to Jenna. Um, in a second, but before we do that, we're actually going to, next week, we're officially back to work. I know. Which I think we're both just like itching. Yes. To do that again. I'm ready. I'm just so ready for a routine. Yeah. Yeah. And also like, like our thing. Mm-hmm. Well, and I think, yes, I mean, this is, this needs to be another episode eventually, just like kind of losing yourself in motherhood and doing things to find yourself again through motherhood, because I think we've both been through that journey in the last, well, 16 weeks. Yeah. Um, yeah. Okay. So we need, we need to have that conversation. Yes, at some point. we definitely do. All right. Okay. So Go ahead, Jenna. my birth story. Where do you want to start? <laughs> you know what I want to start with that I think is so, so strange is that 
both you and I went into labor and had these babies at 37 weeks and six days. Which is really weird. Very weird. And we both had babies on holidays. Yes. Like, what the hell? What's the odds? So weird. So <laughs> so anyway, I'm going to try to make this as short as I can, but, you know, it's my birth, birth story, so it's not going to be that short. <laughs> um, okay, so... First of all, we were really surprised that that I went into labor as early as I did because you always hear with your first kid that it's going to be like usually late. Usually late. So I was expecting to go over or at least to 40 weeks. I was hoping to go to at least 40 weeks because we had just moved into a new house too. Mm-hmm. And I think I don't know if it was like my body. I, I I was definitely feeling like the whole nesting thing, but I think it was really hard toward the end because I wasn't able to nest. I wasn't able to put anything away or do anything because we literally were not in our house yet. We were doing renovations. It's so insane. It's insane. I, I like forgot. I know. To look back on this, like <laughs> literally insane. So we moved into our house um, the last Saturday in October. Well, the second to last Saturday in October because last Saturday we had her. Yeah. <laughs> so second to last Saturday, we moved in. That following Friday, literally six days later, I went into labor. And we were shocked. Um, so, you know, starting from the beginning with that, I remember my mom came over. She was coming over like literally every single day that week, as was Chad's mom. Like we, my aunt, uncle, like we had them over just doing renovations and we ripped our bathroom out and decided to do that right before I had a baby. Um, so we had all these things happening. And I told my mom that Friday, it was the 30th of October. My birthday was the 29th. So the day before. And I told her, I'm like, I just don't feel right. Like I'm so tired. I feel like I just wanted sleep all day. And that was the first time I'd really felt like that. And I knew something was off because we had painters at our house and they were painting like the spindles of our railing. And typically I'm like, you know, trying to help or trying to stay out of the way or trying to do things. And I literally watched private practice and slept on the couch like the entire time the painters were there. And I'm like, this is weird. Like it's not, that's not me, you know? Yeah, you're feeling totally different. Yeah. And so the funny thing is I texted Chad and I was like, I just feel like we're going to have her this weekend. Like, I don't know why. I was like, I feel like I'm in early labor. And he texted me back and he's like, like how early? (laughs) I'm like, dude, I don't fucking know. Like just early. Yeah. Like just early labor. Like, I don't know. It could be a day. It could be three days. It could be a week. It could be two weeks. I don't know. I just don't feel right. I'm like, why don't you just bring some stuff home from work? Like just in case. And he, and he literally texted me back and he's like, Maeve doesn't want a Halloween birthday. Like hold off. Like she's fine. Like hold off till Monday. It's November 1st. Like ha ha ha. So that night he came home at like, well, let's see. It was like 3.30. My mom was still at our house and I wasn't hungry, like made eggs that morning, threw them out, like didn't want to eat anything. Mm -hmm. And at like 3.30, I cut up a cucumber, had some carrots and had hummus. And that was it. That was like my breakfast and lunch, basically. Yeah, that was my full day of eating, which is very (laughs) unlike me as well. So Chad got home. We took took naps on the couch. I slept from like, I'd say 4.30 until about 7.00. And 7.15, I wake up and Chad's like drinking Christmas ale, like hanging out. He was awake. So I literally just like sat up on the couch and felt a pop. And that was my water breaking. And I was like, I was like, oh God. And he's like, he's in the kitchen, like drinking beers. He's like, like pouring them, pouring them down, shooting them back. And I'm like, I think my water just broke. And he's like, no, no, it didn't. 
Like, come on. No. So I like run to the bathroom and mind you, it's literally nothing like what they show you in movies, like whatsoever. Like it was not a gush. It was not a like. Mine was. Really? Yeah. Immediately at first? Well, I went to the toilet and then it gushed. Okay. Yeah. It didn't like gush when I stood up the initial time. Okay. See, mine, mine was not gushing until I like got to the hospital. Mm. If you're hearing padding. Yeah, sorry. I'm burping. It's because Kip's getting burped. So that's, (laughs) you're going to hear that in the podcast. And like we said, tis what it is. Um, so anyway, so I'm like, I don't know if that was my water breaking. I don't know if that was a mucus plug. I don't even really know what a mucus plug is. I've just heard of them coming out. Like, what's happening? This is my first kid. I don't know what to do. So I call Lauren instead of my doctor. Because, <laughs> you know, why She's not? Like, I think my water just broke. I, I texted you. I'm like, I'm 99% sure my water just broke. And then she called me immediately. And she's with her sister, who's a nurse. So they were like, oh, my God, you need to do this. Do this. Do this. What was it like? Was it like this? So finally, Lauren's like, just call your doctor. I'm like, yeah. all right. So, and I texted my parents too. And I'm like, I think I, my water broke. And they're like, what do you mean you think your water broke? Like, what the hell? So I called the doctor and I told him the same thing. I'm like, I don't know. I don't know if this was my water. And he's like, okay, well, okay. like, <laughs> what are we going to, like, we got to figure it out, you know? Because if it's your water breaking, you can't, like, you're not supposed to stay home and labor at home and all of that. Right, like, they want to, yes, they yeah. want you to get to the hospital sooner. And isn't it some statistic like 40% of women, their water breaks? Yeah. Yeah. I know. That's insane. It is. I was like shocked. Yeah. Well, here's here's what I think happened. And if you follow us on social media, which you probably do if you're listening to this this podcast, um, you'll see Maeve is 98th percentile for height. And I think, honestly, she just like clawed her way out of me. Like that morning, she was active for so long and just like moving around and flipping. Like I could could see her moving around. I think she just popped it and was like, get me out of here. I like just want to know what, like, what is the cause of your water breaking? Like, I don't know. I'm not a doctor. I don't know. Like. Yeah. How come, like, I don't, how did my water break with both kids? How did your, like, how did they, I don't understand. I don't know. Well, it's weird. I like, cause she was head down from like week 26 on. So I went to the chiropractor and they, you know, they were confirming that every time I went and I could feel like, like a little like poke, I would say like right by my right hip. And I swore the whole time it was her little fingers and her little hand and knowing what position she was in. I think that's what it was. And I seriously think she just clawed her way out because we were early. I have absolutely no idea. Yeah. Well, and here's why I say that. So then, so I called the doctor and I'm like, I don't, I don't know if it was my water. I don't know if it was my mucus plug. I literally don't know. I know. Give it so funny. (laughs) And so our doctor was like, just, you need to just go to the hospital, like go get checked. checked. If it was, they'll admit you. If it wasn't no big, no big deal. I'm like, okay. So I, you know, yell downstairs to Chad. I'm like, you need to eat something like make, make food, do something. And so I asked my doctor, I'm like, do I have time to get a shower? And he's like, well, do you, can you feel her moving? I'm like, yeah, I feel her moving. Like no big deal. He's like, yeah, then get a shower. That's fine. Go in. So I'm like, you know, shaving my legs, like getting a shower. Cause I have no contractions whatsoever. So then I freak myself out. So Chad ate like five day old Chinese food, like really fast, like put his beer in the fridge. Like, yeah. I mean, he was like, what's happening? (laughs) So Kip's just smiling at me. This is the best story, isn't it, Kip? It's the best, Kip. Um, So I'm in the shower and I'm like, I can't feel her anymore. And I'm like, 
why is she not moving? And so then I started to freak myself out. And so I like had my hands on my stomach and I remember like, like kind of pushing them side to side and she wasn't kicking. She wasn't doing anything back. So then I'm in my head and I'm like, Mm -hmm. shit, like we got to go. Something's wrong. Nothing was wrong, by the way. It was fine. It was just me and my insane anxiety head. (laughs) So I'm like, we got to go. So I didn't eat anything. And that, if you take one thing away from my birth story, please eat, eat on the way to the freaking hospital. Yeah. Eat. Kip Kip just ate and he agrees. Yeah. He's so much, he's happy. And (laughs) when you eat, you're happy. That's the moral. You don't get hangry. No, you don't. And you have energy. Yeah. You have so much energy. Um, So yeah. So eat if your water breaks, Um, eat if it doesn't break, eat. Yeah. So anyway, we get to the hospital. um, And of course it was our plan that week to like drive to the hospital and like figure out where to park and right. where to oh, go. Yeah, you like did. we had done. <laughs> I forgot we did that with Cameron. Yeah, we yeah. did not. We had time to do that with Cameron. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so we were like, okay, um, where do we go? <laughs> right. We had no idea. No so we like Google the hospital. We get there, but then it's like, where do you park? Where's the door? Yeah, what it's exit? The worst. It's the worst. Well, even with Chip, I still didn't know where I was supposed to go. I couldn't remember no, where the I was going. Freaking worst. So I'm like. Literally, my grandma gave me these, like, this is bad, but she was, like, wetting the bed at that point. So she gave me bed mats. So I was sitting on them in the car. I had towels. I had all this crap because at that point, like, there was no question, like, my water had broken. It was starting starting to gush. Um, And it wasn't that bad in the car, but, like, by the time we parked and got to the hospital, I was, like, laughing hysterically trying to walk because I wasn't having contractions, but it was just, like... It's like you're peeing your pants, but you can't stop. You can't stop it. And it's like you can't. really and warm. And it's warm. Yes. And it's really wet. Yes. Sopping. Sopping wet. And I had these leggings on. And I just remember looking at Chad and we were both just cracking up because I'm like, I don't know what to do. Like, this is hysterical. <laughs> so we went to the hospital, which because of COVID is like a freaking ghost town. Mm-hmm. Like no one's there. Um, at that point, it was like 9 p.m. I would say. My water broke at like 7.15 ish, I would say. So we get to the hospital, get get checked in, and they're like, we're just going to check and make sure. And they were asking me some, like, these questions. Like, I don't know. It sounded like a lot of people come in and, like, say their water broke when it really didn't. Because mm-hmm. they're like, was it a gush? Like, they want – they, like, preface you about, right. like, what the movies show you. And I'm like, no, it really wasn't. It was more like, like a slow trickle, like, whatever. And they're like, oh, man, Kip just spit up everywhere. And yeah, that was more of a gush. Um <laughs> Keep talking. Are you happy? Yes, now he's happy. Um, so I was like, it's more like like a trickle, whatever. So they check me and they're like, oh yeah, water definitely broke. You know, long story short, I made them check me one more time on the ultrasound to make sure that it was a girl, <laughs> just because I didn't case. want any more surprises. Because right. um, they hadn't done an ultrasound since week like seventeen when we did the the gender reveal. Oh, I know. And they I'm don't like, do ultrasounds much anymore. No, so I'm like, like high risk, right? And I wasn't, so I'm like, I just want to make sure because. We've only had one, so let's just right. check. So it was a girl, still, still is. Um, so we get checked in. We get to our room at like eleven, and I remember, I remembered Lauren. She were saying something like, "Oh, you can, you can get food. It's great. We door dashed. Um, what did you get? You got the breakfast food. Um, first, watch. first watch. Yeah. So you got first watch, and I was like, oh, this is gonna be great. So I looked at my nurse, and I'm like okay, great. Like I'm checked in. Still no contractions. I'm like, can we get food now? And she, the look on her face, she's like, wait, what? She's like, you can't eat anything. 
And I'm like, what? What do you mean I can't eat anything? Yeah, they're like, no, they're like, and it was because my water broke. Well, so and they, and you, they're thinking you, they don't know if you're going to have to have surgery right. or not. Like, so if I had to have a C-section, they didn't, I couldn't eat. Cause then, right. you know, complications can happen from that. So I'm like trying to process the fact that I haven't eaten anything besides cucumbers and carrots since 3 PM. And then this woman is literally like, yeah, you can't eat until this baby's here. <laughs> yeah. She's like, you can have ice chips. Yeah. Can't eat until this baby is here. And I'm like, oh my God, this could be days. Yeah. That's what I'm thinking. Yeah. So I'm like, all right. So I talked to her and I, I go, but but I made protein balls. Like I have protein balls and I have cu- coconut water and I have all this stuff in my bag. And she's like, dude, no. Matter. Like it doesn't matter. You're not, you can have nothing. Like, okay. So I talked her into, um, because I, my goal throughout this, which I've, I've really changed on the way I want to talk about this since having her, um, I used to say that I wanted like a natural childbirth. And I feel like now that I've gone through this, I feel like the the better way to say it is I want an unmedicated birth mm-hmm. because I feel like any way your kid gets here is natural. Yeah. Like it's all good. It's all fine. Like, I don't know. So that yeah, was a big thing. I like that. Yeah. So unmedicated. And the very first thing that happened when I got checked in was they needed to give me medication. <laughs> and I was like, wait, I'm like, no, no, I don't want to do that. So they gave me Pitocin to start contractions because like we said, I really, water breaks, you got to start getting things wrong. Yeah. And I, and I kept saying, I'm like, well, can't we just wait? Like, can't I just like, give me another half hour, give me an hour. Let me see. Because that was my biggest fear was that with starting Pitocin, it's like getting your contractions going faster. And a lot of times from what I've heard, they're like too close together, too intense, too much. And that way your body like can't handle them. And then, so in my head, I'm like, well, shit, if I get Pitocin, I might need X, Y, and Z interventions. And, you know, and I really didn't want to do an epidural. Um, And for me, my reason for that, it was, had nothing to do with Maeve, honestly. Like I wanted to be able to get up and walk around and move as fast as I could. Like that was the only reason that I didn't want to go that route for the most part. Um, so anyway, so I was like kind of nervous because I'm like, God, I'm like, I really like I've done all this to prepare. And now we're starting interventions yeah. like from the second I'm here, like whatever. So basically the answer was no. Like I had to do Pitocin at that point. So they gave me Pitocin and I still was not having contractions. Like they were so sporadic. And so Chad went to bed trying to think he went to bed on the couch next to me we like walked a couple laps and it didn't absolutely nothing and I was fine so I'm like this is dumb I need to just rest because mm-hmm. you know labor can take up to what yeah it could days. Take days yeah so I'm like all right this is not going anywhere so I'm just gonna rest for right now since obviously I haven't eaten anything besides like 100 calories worth of carrots <laughs> so I go I go to bed didn't sleep at all that night um not because of contractions I would just like couldn't sleep so Chad was asleep I was awake. Um, they had like the external monitors on me and on for her, like heart rate monitors. So we were like strapped in everywhere. Um, they popped my IV twice, okay. twice in my right arm and once in my left arm. So three times. Yeah, that yeah, part's not funny, count, Kip. But... <laughs> no. Um, so they popped it three times and then had to put it in like the crook of my arm, which they didn't want to do because they wanted me to be able to move Ooh. and do all. And yeah, mm-hmm. so we did that. So I was just uncomfortable by that time. So I, and up to this point, like that was kind of the worst thing. Oh, and my COVID test, that sucked. 
oh, I've heard when people have to do it to you, it's not good. It's not good. Yeah. No, I was like jumping off. I mean, I'm a baby though, but I was like jumping off the table because I'm like, it goes pretty far up your nose. It's really, yeah, like touches your brain. Yeah. So, which is dumb anyway that I get COVID tested and Chad didn't. Makes like, no makes no sense, but whatever. Yeah. That's, you know, another story for another day. <laughs> um, so I made it until like 5 a.m., 4 a.m., I would say, 4.30. And they came back in and they really don't like to check you and like see how far you're dilated when your water breaks because there's such a risk for infection. So they didn't check me until 4.30 in the morning. So at that point, I was like three centimeters dilated and I hadn't gotten out of bed yet. Like I was just still laying there. And so the nurse was like, you're doing so good. Like you're already three centimeters and mm-hmm. like you're doing great. She's like, probably in the next hour or so, you're going to want to not feel like laying here. Like you're going to feel worse. You're going to want to get up. You're going to want to move. You're going to need a position change, whatever. And I was like, okay. And then She's like, just so you know, (laughs) she's like, just so you know, typically with first time moms, it's like one centimeter dilation per hour. And I'm like, what? (laughs) I'm like, okay, so I still have like seven hours of this to go before it's like go time at all. And I'm like, all right, well, we'll see how this goes. So I'm still on Pitocin and I would say within a half hour, I had to get Chad up and awake because it was like, I was in very uncomfortable. So we like moved positions. I sat next to the bed on a birth ball and he would like push his hands into my back and like spread my hips. We would like push my hips closer together and it kind of opens things up and makes it not as painful when you're having contractions. So we were doing that and I'm like breathing through everything. And he's like, I think I need to get food. <laughs> I was like, okay. Like, meanwhile, I've eaten cucumbers. Like, yeah, that's cool. Yeah, and like a coconut water that I like smuggled into the hospital. Yeah. I'm like, okay. And he's like, it's fine. He's like, I'll just wait. And I'm like, no. I'm like, if you wait, I'll kill you. Yeah. <laughs> like, you, if you need to eat food, like, you have to go right now. You need to go right now and you get it as fast as you can. And you have to go. You have to come back. And he's like, okay. So he like, literally, I, he was probably gone for like six minutes. I don't even know how he did it. And he came like busted, oh, full sprint, like came back in the room. It was like half his breakfast was already gone. He was like shoveling eggs in his mouth, like as he came in. And our, I will say our nurses, we went to Akron General, our nurses were amazing. They were so helpful. So amazing. I mean, when he was gone, the nurse like took over and was like squeezing my hips and doing all the things like they just, they were amazing. Um, and we had such a good relationship by the end of it. I took my essential oils and I had like the room smelling, like, I don't know. We followed this, this book. If you want it, message me, I forget what it is, but we followed this book. That's like all these recipes for essential oils. And so one is like the labor room scent, scent whatever. whatever. Yeah. Like that, that blend. So we had all that going. So every nurse that was there was like, oh, I love walking by your room. They would like poke their head in just to say it. Like, so it was kind of, it was fun. Um, and it was bizarre that it was Halloween at that point, like the morning of, Were of nurses, Halloween. Like, dressed up? Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh, uh huh. It was so funny. And I'm like, this is just bizarre. Um, Ours, the two that were right with us were not, but yeah, a couple that would come in like and come and go up. were dressed up. So, and it's just funny because Chad was like, oh, she doesn't want a Halloween birthday. And lo and behold, yep, yep, little miss was born on Halloween. <laughs> um, so the crazy thing, so three centimeters by like 4.30 in the morning, 5 a.m. And 
things progressed quickly. I have no idea if it's anything I did. Um, I followed the dates. I ate dates from like week 34 on. You eat six dates a day. It's supposed to ripen your cervix and make you dilate faster. I drank red raspberry leaf tea throughout my entire third trimester um, and a lot of my second, honestly. And what else did I do? Oh, I was using Young Living Clariderm spray to like keep things moving, keep things opening without tearing, which didn't work because I did tear. Uh, That did not do what it was supposed to do, but it's fine. Um, Although it probably would have been worse, honestly, without it. So um, we got to the point where I have no concept of time at that, at this point, because things were getting so freaking painful. Um, I honestly felt bad because at, well, I will say this. At 7 a.m., their shift changed. So then our nurse was done. A new nurse came in. And at 7 a.m., I was to the point where I, like, couldn't be nice to this nurse that came in. She's like, hi, like, nice to meet you. And I'm like, mm, no, like, I can't. I'm dying. I can't talk to you. And so at that point, I was trying to labor standing up because it hurt so bad. I could not be on that ball anymore. So I like had my hands up on the bathroom door and I was like holding, Chad was holding my IV stand behind me and I was having contractions. Kip is like so enthralled with this story. story What, what? Tell me, tell me more. Tell me. (laughs) Oh my God. Um, But I was having contractions like through my entire body and down into my hips and my thighs. And my legs were shaking so bad that I thought I was going to pass out. So I'm like, okay. And this is when that new nurse came in and was like, hi. And I'm like, I'm dying. Um, So yeah, he's spinning up again. Well, here we go. Andy has hiccups, I think. Okay. All right. Well, yep. (laughs) So I was laboring like through my legs, through my thighs at that point, shaking. So I told this nurse, I'm like, I need something else. I need a new position. I don't know what to do. I need something. So we, at that point, she gave me one of those like peanut balls and had me like sit on the bed, kneel, all of that. And I looked at Chad and I was like, I can't do this anymore. Like I'm. I don't know how you did it that long. I'm standing over here. You probably, it sounds weird. That's all right. You're fine. (laughs) But I'm like. I seriously can't do this anymore. Like I am going to tap out and I'm getting an epidural because I'm thinking, okay, it's been freaking like two hours since they checked me and right, I was three like, centimeters. No way I'm dialing I'm like, anything. No, I'm like, if I'm five or six centimeters, like I'm done, like <laughs> tapped out, I am done. Yeah. And I was like, like up until that point, I was able to kind of like breathe through contractions. And then it got to the point where I just couldn't at all. Um, so I told her, I'm like, I need you to check me. And she's like, well, like we really don't want to be checking you. You know, if your, your water broke, like there's risk for infection. And I was like, listen, like you got to check me now and tell me where I'm at. So obviously I could see nothing because she was like back behind me because I was still kneeling on the bed at this point, but Chad was watching her. And at this point she was there and our, our night nurse was there. She hadn't left yet. So they were both in the room and she checked me and her face, Chad's like said it was the weirdest thing because he was like watching her expressions and they were kind of like whispering to each other, like back back and forth. And she whispered something like, I think she's dilated. <laughs> like, I think we're at 10 centimeters. We're there. And I could hear nothing. I'm still like trying not to cry through contractions because I was in so much pain. And he and Chad was like, oh, my God. Like, we hadn't even seen our doctor yet. 
hadn't been here. And the only thing I knew about him was he'd made a joke to the nurses about, cause they were calling back and forth and keeping him updated. And he made a joke like, Oh, well, if this baby comes before 10 AM, like I'm going to buy the whole floor Starbucks, like mm-hmm. ha ha ha, like do what you can, which they right. can do nothing. Right. And it was like eight at that point, 8 AM. And this nurse is like, Oh my God, I think she's dilated. Like, whole, like, holy <laughs> shit. Yeah. And and it and so at that point Chad was kind of panicking because he's like we haven't even seen our doctor oh my god and literally like 15 seconds later our doctor walks in in his street clothes he had like tennis shoes and his jeans and like a flannel jacket on and he's like good morning like how are we doing and I'm like not great (laughs) like how are you and so at that point the nurse goes oh so glad you're here I was just about to check her and I remember thinking like. That's bullshit because you, you did check me. You already checked me and you just told me it's a risk for infection to have everybody's hands and things up. I don't know what you're putting up there. Like, so why are we doing it again? Like that, I remember that going through my head. And so our doctor came over and he's like, oh, okay. So he like slaps the glove on, puts his hand up. And he's like, oh, all right. Um, well, it's actually time to start pushing. So I'm going to go change. Let's just flip the room and get things ready here. And I was like, Oh my God. So I was like crying at that point, looking at Chad. Cause I'm like, thank God. Like I was just ready to like start pushing, start doing something to not be doing what I was doing prior to that because it was miserable. Um, I mean, definitely the most painful thing I've ever done in my whole entire life. I can't life. imagine because even with Cameron, I went so long without an epidural and then I was like, I ain't doing this. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was, but I think the fact that it went so fast, mm-hmm. I mean, like I said, if it, if I would have been like six centimeters at that point, I would have been so done, like yeah. done. Um, but at that point, I didn't have a choice. Like it was quick. So within a minute, they had the bed flipped, the room flipped. They had all these nurses in. They had doc- like everybody was like ready to go. So the craziest thing, I mean, we pushed with her for like 20, 24 minutes or something. That's yeah. And she was here. <laughs> like it. Yeah. So I'm going to go into graphic detail of that in a second. So if you're like done, then that's fine. But if you want the other version, stay tuned. All right. So we get the room flipped, get things ready, get ready to push. And I was probably, I would say 10 minutes into pushing. And one of the nurses looked over at Chad and she was like, dad, how you doing? (laughs) And he's like, white as a ghost <laughs> and like ready to pass out basically. And, you know, keep in mind, he had freaking eaten breakfast. So, right. So he's fueled. Yes. Yeah. I'm still running on carrot sticks. <laughs> You're the one going through all the pain. <laughs> yeah. Right. So then our doctor looks at him and he's like, Oh, Chad, you're looking much whiter than you were a few minutes ago. <laughs> like, they're like, um, can someone please help dad? And so they, the couch luckily was right behind him. So these nurses were amazing. Like they, I'm so happy they knew to look out for him, too. I'm because, sure they've had this happen a oh, lot. I'm sure. Yeah. Because I, I, they probably have somebody in there who's on, like, dad duty. Oh, like, yeah. Like, watch seriously. the dad because he might pass out. Yeah. Seriously. Because yes. I was clueless. I'm like, get. I don't know what you're doing. Right. Because like, I have people holding my arms, holding, like, I'm holding my own legs. They're holding my legs. There were probably, like, 12 people in this room. All nurses, whatever. So, mm-hmm. so one of the nurses is like, okay, dad, I want you to, like, back up slowly sit down, sit down on the couch. I'm going to bring you some water. He's like, okay. (laughs) So meanwhile, I'm like still contracting, still pushing, like, you know, whatever, just minding my own business over here. I'm cool. So he, they give him water and it does nothing. So then somebody brought him orange juice 
and he drank that and it was still like nothing. So then one another nurse was like, listen, lay back, put your feet up, drink that, like gave him more orange juice. And so it wasn't until he laid back and put his feet elevated that like all the blood came back to his head and he was okay. And it's so funny. I wish you were here to like chime in because he's like, the only thing going through my head was like, I'm going to miss the birth of our daughter. <laughs> like, I can't do that. <laughs> like, I got to get it together here. <laughs> and I mean, bless his heart. He only missed probably like three contractions throughout this whole entire thing. Like, it was amazing. And then he was back up and back by my side. And I'm mm-hmm. like, are you okay? And he's like, I'm good. I'm fine. I'm fine. And he actually was. I don't, I don't know how. And it's funny to hear him talk about it because he's like, it was literally like the Texas Chainsaw Massacre in that room. He's like, oh my thank God. God you couldn't see anything. He's like, because, oh my God. <laughs> like, oh my God. <laughs> and I was like, well, why were you looking? He's like, there wasn't anything else. Like, to I don't know at. what to look like. At. Yeah. It wasn't, it wasn't like I had a C-section and there was a screen or a sheet or whatever. Like it, they're like, he's like literally like towels, like just sopping and they were throwing them over wherever. And he's like, Oh God, oh my God. <laughs> like I'm going down. Um, so anyway, so I just kept telling myself like, okay, like get her out, get her out. The pain's going to be over. Like just get her out. Well, you know, first kid, I was, I didn't know how the whole pushing thing went. Like, it's not something you can practice or prepare for or whatever. Mm-hmm. And so if you have never had kids or you've never pushed a baby out, if you've just done C-sections, like you have to only push when you're having a contraction. So that was hard for me because, and I remember like, even when I first started pushing, it was like, they were still getting things set up and my body just started pushing. And I was like, I can't stop this. Like, what do I do? And and our doctor was like, it's fine. Like, if that's what your body wants to do, let it do it. That's fine. Cause I'm like, Oh God, like we're not ready, you know? And so, you know, I would have a contraction and, and I would push. And the one thing I really liked about our situation was the first thing they did was take off, take me off all the monitors. And they took our daughter off all the monitors, like on the outside so that I could kind of move around as I needed to. And they put an internal monitor on her. So because they did that though, our doctor's like, you, I don't, I can't tell when you're having contractions anymore because before that they were like showing right. up on the screen and they could all, all monitor them and see them because they monitored them all night. He's like, you're the only person that knows this now. So like you're in charge. I'm just going to stand here. <laughs> like you got to do what you do. And that was weird to me. It was different than I expected because I figured he would be the one saying like, okay, push now because mm-hmm. I feel like you always see that. Like, yeah, movie. it's not like that. No. And I'm like, I was even hooked up to a monitor with Cameron and they were telling me that I had to, I, cause I could still feel them. Even yeah. Though I was on an epidural. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you, yep. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. it's not, no one's telling you to do it. It's like, you have to tell them when you're having them. And I was not expecting that. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, okay, I can feel a contraction coming. And they're like, okay, like, let's go put. And so then I would push and the worst part of this experience, I don't know if you've heard the term, the ring of fire. And that's like basically when their head comes out, it's literally feels like the ring of fire around your vagina. It is so painful. Mm-hmm. Um, I can't think of a better way to describe it. Yeah. Honestly. I mean, I can just like imagine fire burning, burning. sensation. Literally yeah. like it's on fire burning. So the worst part of that is I got her head halfway out <laughs> during a contraction and the contraction went away and I had to stop pushing and I had to hold her head halfway out for like an entire, it felt like five minutes. It wasn't that long. It was probably like 30 seconds, honestly. I don't, I don't know. Yeah, who knows? Don't know. Um, but I had to hold her there 
because I couldn't push when I wasn't having a contraction because I was going to tear worse than I did. And so knowing what I know now, like when I feel that ring of fire, like I am the next kid, if that happens, like I am pushing with all of my might and not getting anything stuck. Yeah. <laughs> because that was so bad. Oh, <laughs> so bad. So he's like, you have like, wait, hold it, wait for your next contraction. So the next contraction came and I still was like trying to push, trying to get her out. And in my head, I was just thinking like, you have to get this kid out on this contraction. Mm -hmm. Like you are not waiting an entire like pause again with this kid halfway out of you, like push, get it out. And so I did. So I pushed out, pushed her head out for that, through that contraction. And it's so funny. I know our friend Kira is going to listen to this. Um, we do so much with her and all three of us are pregnant at the same time. Mm -hmm. And she had the best analogy. Cause she's like, once you get the head out, the rest is just like a jellyfish. It just feels like, <laughs> it just like, like plops, slimes out. <laughs> like literally just like, like plops right out basically. <laughs> and so she did, she came right out and she was born at eight 33 in the morning which is insane because I was three centimeters dilated at like 5 a.m. Yeah. When Chad texted, because I was like oh, yeah. harassing him for a little bit. And then when he finally was like, oh, Maeve's here. I did not expect him to text me at that time in the morning. No. I thought for sure you would be like maybe late afternoon, evening yes, of that day. That's what I was expecting yeah. too. And it was so freaking fast. And I mean, it was so fast. Like our nurse that was supposed to get off at 7 a.m., stayed because she's like this is so exciting like I'm just gonna stay and mm -hmm. so she was there off duty for like an entire hour and a half of this like it was they were so cool it was amazing um and so from that point like I said I kept telling myself like just get her here get her out and the pain is over like we'll be done it, but it wasn't. <laughs> and, it wasn't. And I think this was the hardest part for me mentally, which sounds bizarre because she was already born. Um, but I tore during all of this. So, um, oh, and I skipped, I skipped one part. So before I delivered her, our doctor was like, do you want some like, like, what did they, I forget what he called it. It's basically like, like on site pain medication. So it's like, he took a needle and numbed me like inside the birth canal so that that part would be kind of numb, which it wore off before she was even here. Like it literally was like 10 minutes. It was not mm -hmm. even really numb. So I did that because he, and he said, he's like, if you tear, you're going to tear worse if I don't do this. And I'm like, okay, great. Go ahead. <laughs> like yeah. whatever. Yeah. Um. So I let him do that. Thank God. So I had a second degree tear, which you can Google that. Um. It's not terrible, but it's not comfortable mm -hmm. somewhere in the middle. So he had to make sure that I didn't tear like back in the rectal area too, which thank God I did not. But the worst part of this was he had to sew me up without pain medication. And oh my God. They couldn't give you morphine? I don't understand that. I don't know. I Yeah, that's no. bizarre to me. Yeah. 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 I don't know. I, I, don't, mean, I have no idea. I don't know. And I feel like it's all such a blur because I'm thinking even like, oh, a secondary tear. That's not going to be bad. It's be like three stitches, like yeah. whatever. Just right. do it. And that's probably what I said was like, don't just, worry. It's fine. It's fine. I don't need yeah. the medication. Well, next just time you'll be like, where's morphine? Give me anything. Dilated whatever or whatever they call something. Just like, oh something. my God. Yeah. Well, and that, and, and I think a big part of it too was like, like I really wanted to be like present and, and, that was like very important to me too. And so I think that was why I kept turning all this stuff away. Like, no, no, I don't need it. I don't need it. Well, holy mother of God. <laughs> like it. Well, next time morphine does not take you out. 
It don't. Okay, thank you. Because I one time needed stronger medication than morphine because it was doing nothing. Oh, God. So, <sighs> and it won't kill you. Okay. It won't take you out. Okay, thank you. <laughs> Thanks. Things you wish you knew. <laughs> um, yeah, so it was it was a solid like 35, 40 minutes of them sewing me up without medication. And it was horrible. Like I was, I was holding her and she was like latched and breastfeeding and we were doing, we were doing skin to skin. And I was like really trying to like be present with her and like enjoy our little family and like all of that. Except I was literally like, like shaking and convulsing because I was in so much pain from them stitching me up. And, and since then, you know, I've had my, my six week appointment with him and he's like, we were kind of talking about that and joking about it because it, it took me like four weeks to heal completely, have the stitches dissolve, all of that. Healed great, no issues. But he's like, I told him, I'm like, that would have been nice to like prepare for because mm-hmm. I just kept saying like, get her here, the pain is over. Get her here, the pain is over. And it right. just wasn't. Right. Um, and he's like, oh, well, there's only so much I could prepare you for. Like, you don't know how it's going to go. And he said, he's like, you know, your choice to, to do this unmedicated made it so much harder on all aspects because he's like, you're jumping off the table because you're in so much pain. So it's literally taking me like five times as long to sew you up because I have to wait till you're not moving so that I can get a stitch in the right place. He's like, so it definitely makes it harder. And I'm mm-hmm. like, yeah, mm-hmm. <laughs> yes, definitely. Oh my God. Yeah. So, um, that point, and, and I remember I wasn't very nice to him at that point either. Cause I was like, I think it was like the fourth time I asked him, I'm like, where, what are, where are we at? Mm-hmm. what's happening? Like, where are we at? And he's like, we're almost done. And I snapped something real bitchy. Like you've said that before. <laughs> like you have said we're almost done like five times. So like, give it to me straight. How freaking long? Mm-hmm. And he's like 10 more minutes. And I was like, <gasps> like, that like sounds like it, an eternity. Oh, when you're it sounds in pain. like, oh my God. it sounded like hours. Yeah. yeah. So 35, 40 minutes ish of that. And then from that point, I mean, it was amazing because I, Chad was like texting Lauren, texting my family, texting his family, like texting everybody. And we got to do skin to skin for like two and a half hours. And she just hung out on me. And it was, I mean, it was amazing. So then they took her, they weighed her, did her measurements, all of that. She weighed seven pounds, 11 ounces, 20 inches long. Um, she's 98th percentile for height. She's ginormous. <laughs> she's the same length as Kip. And it's Kip is eight, almost eight, four months old. Yeah. 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 He's eight weeks older than her and she's like taller than him. He's fatter than her, but she's going to be taller than him. Oh, easily, (laughs) easily. Like already. So funny. Um, It's so funny. And so, so at that point I like thought I was in the clear. I thought I was good to go. Like, I feel great. I feel fine. Like I can get up, I can move around. So then Chad did skin to skin with her. So he laid back on his couch. We were still in the labor and delivery room at this point. So he took Maeve, they got to snuggle and, you know, she was sleeping on his chest, like so cute. And the nurse was like, um, so do you want to try to go to the bathroom? You want to try to get up? And I'm like, yeah, sure. Cause at that point we'd ordered breakfast. I'd had an egg sandwich, which was terrible. Like, yeah. Hospital food oh, sick. Terrible. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like I'd had some water. I got my breakfast. So I felt great. And I stood up, I walked to the bathroom with her and I just, I I think I wasn't prepared to see what I was seeing mm-hmm. and also losing so much blood really messed with my head, messed with my balance, messed with everything. And so I went to the bathroom and I stood up and I was like, I don't feel very good. <laughs> and this nurse, this nurse is like, oh, like you're okay. Like, just don't look behind you. She's like, 
it's all normal. Everything's fine. Everything behind you is just totally normal. This is what it's supposed to be. Like, you're fine. And at that point, I hadn't even looked behind me yet. Like, I had looked down and I had so much blood that, like, the hospital socks I was wearing was, they were, like, sopping wet with blood. And Mm -hmm. I saw that and I was like, oh, God. Oh, God. Oh, God. God." Um, And then I'm standing, like, washing my hands at the sink. And she's like, just don't look behind you because it's all normal. Well, what's the first thing you do? You're going to look. You're going to look. Because I'm like, why shouldn't I look behind me? So I look behind me and I saw, like, literally Texas Chainsaw Massacre, like Chad would say. And I, like turned back to the sink and I just remember like standing there and I was like I can't really see anything and then she started talking and I was like I can't hear you and I woke up on the floor my (laughs) god passed out and poor Chad was like five feet away could hear all of this happening but he's on the couch with Maeve like can't help me at all and so I woke up on the bathroom floor like laying in this nurse's arms, like bless her heart. She was amazing. And she's like, okay, so you're all right. (laughs) She's like, I don't want you to freak out. She's like, all of this is fine. She's like, I'm just going to push this one little button and a lot of things are going to happen and they're going to happen really fast. She's like, so I just want you to just know, just it's fine. I'm like, okay, like whatever. So she pushes this button and I swear you, it was like a freaking tornado went off in that room. (laughs) Like they had our suitcases like thrown against the walls. Like doctors came in, nurses came in, like probably a staff of like, I would say eight people were just in there instantly. Well, that's good. You know that they're going to be there to help. Oh, they were there quick. Yeah. And so she picked me up along with one other nurse. They put me in a wheelchair. And at that point I was kind of like laughing, joking. Like I was okay. You were okay yeah. And they were like checking my eyes to make sure that I was fine. And and so they got me back in bed and then I started to get really nauseous. And I'm like, come on. I'm like, mm-hmm. <laughs> I thought the worst of this was over. Like what the hell? Postpartum so, is fucked up. It's fucked up. It's really yeah. fucked up. Yeah. So they gave me, I don't know, something for nausea, for being nauseous. Um, then that worked. Thank God. I never threw up. Probably Zofran. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So they gave me that. I was fine. We ordered grilled cheese, which was also terrible. Mm-hmm. Um, like, how I got you, that too. Like, when how I do you fuck up grilled cheese? It was sick. Yeah. Was yeah. Gross. I don't know what they do. So anyway, so after they gave me that medication and I, and I hate orange juice. I was like, I like accidentally took a sip of Chad's before I passed out. And then after I passed out, I think I drank like nine. Like I was just like, like, you needed the give sugar. Give me something. Yeah. yeah. So at that point, um, they wheeled us up to our new room. And of course, I, you know, I texted my mom and I she's like, why haven't we heard from you? Like, can we talk? Because it was like 2 p.m. at that right. point. Like, can you FaceTime us? Yeah. Can you FaceTime? And I was like, mom, I just like passed out. Like, they had revived me. Like, give me a second here. Yeah. <laughs> Joking. And so then my mom thought. Was like freaking out. Thought that literally they had to revive me. Oh, and my like, God. And, I'm, and like looking at the text, it's like laugh out loud. Ha, ha, ha. Emojis. Like, if I were actually dying, I wouldn't have yeah. been able to send her that. But it you know, beside the point. Cause I hadn't talked to her yet. So she mm-hmm. thought I was literally dying. So anyway, um, we get back up to our postpartum room. And I mean, other than that, it was pretty much smooth sailing from that point on. I mean, Maeve was cluster fed and was awake the entire first night, like every half hour, I would say. Um, so we made the decision to just go home <laughs> the next day. Cause I'm like, that's insane that you got to go. I mean, like, cause up from yeah. the C-section, point yes. of view i'm in the hospital for like four days yes and then chat or you you were chat or somebody texted me and was like we're leaving i'm like what yeah oh yeah <laughs> holy shit mm-hmm. like 
Mm-hmm. That was fast. It was really fast. Well, and I mean, we can talk about this on another episode. I know we're kind of getting long here, but like our, our overnight nurse, once we were up there, we had a couple that were wonderful, but then we had one who was like, like Maeve would cry and I, we would like get up and change her and then we'd feed her and then we'd swaddle her. And then like, she would go fall asleep. And the second we laid her down, she would scream. Like it was just that the entire first night. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I'm still, like, run on hormones and, like, I was okay to be awake. Like, not not terrible. But we're like, what? What are we doing wrong? Like, why? Like, is this how it's supposed to be? Is it not? Like, we didn't know. Mm-hmm. And then the nurse would come in and be like, well, her diaper's wet. And I'm like, well, yeah, because she just freaking peed. Like, you don't think we thought of that? Like, right. we just did that. And so the nurse would, like, change her diaper, lay her down, and she'd be silent and happy. And the second the nurse would walk away, she would scream again. And I'm like, okay. Yeah. <laughs> like, this is not doing any. This is right. Not you're not helping no, at all. No. And then, and then on top of it, they were having me track on a sheet of paper, like how often I was breastfeeding her and on what side. And so I didn't know any. So I'm like, okay. So I'm so tired, like delirious, exhausted, trying to keep track of this on a sheet of paper. Chad's helping me every time I'm feeding her, which is literally every half hour. He's writing it down. I'm writing it down. Well, not only did we have her on Halloween, but we also had her the night of a time change. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. So at one point, I like had I wrote down, I fed her at like 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 3 a.m. And then the next time I looked at the clock, it was 2 a.m. And I was like, what's happening? You're like, I don't know what's going on. <laughs> like, I don't know how to track this anymore. <laughs> like, what is going on? I don't know what time it is. Like, oh I've never stayed awake the entire night of a time change before. Like, it was just funny. Um but yeah, I mean, so we had my doctor come in and he's amazing. He's like, you know, there's a lot of things that the hospital wants me to tell you, but there's even more that you need to know to just like survive your first month because mm-hmm. that's what the first month is. And he's like, so I'm going to tell you what the hospital wants me to tell you. And then the next time I see you tomorrow, I'm going to tell you what you need to hear. And I was like, well, we actually just, we want to go home. He was like, oh, all right. <laughs> he's like, okay, well, I'll tell you everything now. And so he did. And he wrote on the paper like you can be released later and we were home by like 4 p.m the next day it was insane. insane insane wow yeah so yeah i feel like if i ever have a baby again which i don't know if i will um <laughs> i because I, I saw somebody on um like instagram reels mm-hmm. it was mom who's had four kids and she's like i didn't do this until my fourth baby um because you know now in the hospital there they encourage the baby to be with you 24 7 yeah like back in the day, it was the opposite. Like right. the baby was barely with you. So like, right. which is good. I mean, baby needs to be with mom. But um, I think the next, if we have a baby the next time, I think at night, because this girl's like, you can have them take them to the nursery at night and they'll bring them to you every three hours oh. so you can sleep and oh. actually get sleep. And she's like, they'll keep the baby happy. They'll hold the baby. They'll get, yeah. they'll, they'll make sure it's okay. And if the baby's not calming down, they will bring it to you and say, Hey, we can't get the baby to calm down. I think it needs to yeah. eat. Yeah. So yeah, that would Ooh. be really nice. Yeah. So at night you could just be like, at least get three hours, at a least. stretch of three hours yeah. of sleep and then they'll bring you the baby. Yeah. Yeah. But the well, yeah. nurses won't offer that. No, you gotta ask. We had one nurse offer that. Yeah. With Cameron. Cause I was dying. Mm-hmm. Cause I was like, literally had an un. Yeah, whatever. We're not playing C-section. I could barely like keep my eyes open. Um, one nurse was like, "Do you want me to take him?" But they don't usually no, offer that. No, and well, and I feel like our nurse was kind of screwed up too because she's like, 
it was a time change for her. So like my medication schedule was met. Oh, I was on like yeah. Motrin and Tylenol and like, I feel like they come in every whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. It was basically whatever. I'll come in whatever. Yeah. Here you go. Here, whatever. Whatever you need. Like, Oh, Oh my God. Yeah. So that's why Chad and I were like, you know what, if it's just going to be the two of us, like figuring this out anyway, we just want to figure it out at home. Yeah. And so we did so we went yeah. home the next day, but who, that's yeah. insane. We got to do a postpartum episode, I think too. Yeah. We should do that next. Maybe not we next, should. but it's just point. like what, like what, like almost like expectation versus reality. Like what yeah. our experiences were actually like yes. mentally, emotionally, physically, all the things. I think we should definitely do that. I do too. I have one story I want to tell before we wrap this up because I didn't know this about C-sections. Cause when you said towels, when they were like wiping oh, up the yeah. towels. Yeah. So Nick just told me this, by the way, the other day. And I've had two C-sections. I didn't even know. He's like, yeah. He's like, um, he's like, they were counting. Like, when they were fixing me up, he's like, they kept counting. Like, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. And he's like, I don't know what they were counting. He's like, um, but what they were counting was rags taking out of my body. Because they put rags in. Oh, <laughs> They put all these rags in your body to keep you from bleeding out because you got cut open. And they, he's like, they probably counted those rags like six times because you can get like lawsuits. Like we could, yeah, like, like if, if they, they left, left one, one in, he's like, yeah, they were pulling rags out and counting them. And he's like, this nurse was in charge and sh- it was like military, like making sure all, I was like, they had rags in me. Isn't it insane <laughs> what our, we do to our bodies? He's like, yeah, apparently they had towels the in things, your body. The things that we <laughs> go through to have babies. So if you're going to have a C-section, you don't know this. Cause I had, I didn't no. feel it. I had no idea they were pulling rags out of my body. I didn't even hear them counting. Oh my God. And Nick's God. like, no, they counted like five times. Like these rags. Oh my God. He's like, he, wow. then he said, we were like, had a drink or two after this. We were talking about this. He's like, now thinking back, I kind of wish they would have left a rag in you because we probably would have made a lot of money. I'm like, Nick, you, you would have like died. You would be like septic right now. Like, thanks, Nick. Nick. Okay. And he's like, just kidding. Oh, God. So anyways, oh. yeah, I think we should do a postpartum episode. I do too. It's just, it's freaking amazing what you go through and what our bodies go through. It's all worth well, it, but it it's is, nuts. Yes. And, you know, I'm eight weeks, like we said, eight weeks postpartum and I feel back to myself for the most part i still have some mental ups and downs which we'll talk about but but physically i feel like getting back that yeah Yeah. a little better yeah i did a jumping jack today without peeing my pants so (laughs) So that's good it's good (laughs) things are improving (laughs) so if you guys have any questions about just labor birth postpartum i want to do postpartum too about c-section recovery versus my recovery yeah because i feel like we have some cool stories like similar yeah and also some tips of like how to handle either situation yes and like what to expect i like it because it's totally different yep okay okay well that was fun enjoy guys uh let us know if you have any questions and we'll talk soon bye